0: Episode of SunCast, the official podcast of Somos Sonidos News, and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United. I am one of your hosts this week, Seth Bidoff, and on this week's show, United finally gets a home match. Uh We're going to talk about how do they rebound from the from their loss at El Paso last weekend, and on deck we've got Salt Lake City. So, guys, a lot going on. So, pay attention. Listen in. Just give us your comments, your questions. We're so glad to have you guys with us. This is, of course, episode number 14 of our show, and we are incredibly grateful to everyone who has downloaded and supported the show since the beginning. Every week we, we do continue to grow, and part of that growth is, of course, uh, what you're seeing here live tonight on Twitch. We do want to open the show up to anyone, uh, not only New Mexico United fans, but also the USL community at large. By doing the show live here on Twitch, that lets us do that and lets you guys be a part of the conversation as you record it. We would love to hear from you guys, like I already mentioned. Uh, You can always reach out to us either here live in the channel while we're recording or uh, via any social media, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you can find us uh, and get your comments and questions into the show. Uh, This week, I've already mentioned to those of you who are here here in the channel, joining me tonight, I've got my partner my co-host, Jacob. Uh, Before we get into our discussion, I do want to remind everyone, we do have written content over on our website, dadventuresmedia.com. Jacob and I break down the matches for New Mexico United, both with pre-match and post-match coverage. And we do also have other content out there as well. We have a blog about our lives as dads, and we do have occasional video game news and notes over there as well. So be sure to check that out, guys. But, of course, we do want to thank you guys, of course, for being here. And with all that housekeeping out of the way, I want to bring in my friend, my partner, my co-host, Jacob. Jacob, how are you doing, man? I know we've had a uh, had an interesting week as far as weather goes. We had planned to do this on Tuesday night. Uh, But Mother Nature had other ideas. Uh, I know I kept losing power. Hopefully you guys didn't have to deal with any of that.
1: No, we've, uh, I mean, it was cold. It was windy. Um, We could not get our furnace going. uh, So we've just been using a little space heater that moving about the house here and there. But uh, other than that, it's been um, pretty nice. A little break from the 90 degree heat that we've had down here in Fort Sumner most of the time. So. Uh, I haven't complained too much uh, other than having to delay the podcast a bit, but um, you know, we delayed it one day because of the weather and we delayed it one more day uh, just so we could make sure that we've got this beautiful face that you're looking at here in the middle. Um, Earl Nieto is joining us here. He's uh, been with Somosito's News since last year. Um, if you see anything on Facebook, it's basically coming out of his mouth or his fingertips, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm happy to have him on board here tonight earl how are you doing tonight i'm doing pretty good a
2: little a little tired a little bit more than i expected a little bit later but sacrifices happen
1: yeah man it's about united you gotta you stay up late for the matches if we start at eight o'clock don't you
2: um that depends if my wife lets me
1: <laughs> good answer good answer so yeah that's uh <laughs> but is it how cold is it over there Oh, it's
2: it's cold enough to be bundled up making a making outside.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it man, it I, I was I saw this last week that it was gonna have this little cold spell and uh just kept looking at it going, How in the world are we going from ninety-eight on Monday to forty nine on Wednesday and then back up to eighty one on Friday? It was just like What are we doing here, guys? Mother Nature, you need to get your stuff together, because I can't handle this. As you can tell by my voice, um, uh, I'm not quite 100%. I feel fine. I just have uh, a scratchy little voice here. And ironically, it was before it got really cold that this happened, but we'll blame it on Mother Nature anyways. Did you get some snow out there? Oh, no. We got a lot of rain, uh, a little bit of wind, but... um, uh, well, a lot of a lot of rain, a lot a lot of wind, and then the cold temperatures. That's about it. And we we from what I understand here in Fort Sumner, snow is going to be far and few between.
2: And you get a lot of wind no matter what. So
1: yeah, pretty much. It was just this time it was a cold wind instead of a hot wind like it has been.
0: Yeah, after all that nasty weather the other day, we had a whole bunch of we had to just had a bunch of limbs down and power kept going out and stuff. And I think uh, Jacob, and you and I talked Tuesday night. Uh, the last we had talked it was around right around 9:30, and at that point my power had been on for 15 20 minutes and that was the longest stretch we'd had without it flicking off for mm. basically the previous like nine and a half hours so Dang. it wasn't really stable until close to about midnight uh it kept kind of flicking off and on throughout the night so yeah you know typically we, we do record on tuesday nights and so you know uh you know earl we appreciate you you know coming on and staying late with us tonight and and uh, absolutely glad to have you here. Uh so I, I know some of our listeners are probably familiar with you from last year from from working uh for Somo Sonidos News. You are currently the the president of Somo Sonidos News. Um Jacob mentioned you're kinda you know behind the scenes, um, you know, do the Facebook stuff and all that. Uh how did you actually get involved with Somo Sonidos News last year?
2: So I got involved. Um that's an actual good question. I don't know how I really got involved. I mean, it just One day I got a text message saying, hey, you want to join? And I'm a sucker for yes, so sure, why not? So I started writing a little bit here and there, and then all of a sudden it turned into me pretty much being like the right-hand man for the former president and founder. And then he stepped away and said, hey, it's all yours now, have fun. And here we are today.
1: I want to give you credit, Earl, because I, I honestly do believe that without you, some of those news would not be here anymore uh, just because I, you know, with moving and everything like that and then um, everything that's gone on with COVID and all that, uh, I, I would not have been able to keep up with it. So we might've kept the name um, here for me and Seth on the podcast and stuff like that, but the social media presence, presence that you, um, you keep up with and, and all that you know that that wouldn't be here without you so uh as as one of the founders um last year to see you fight for it even though you weren't there from the beginning uh makes me feel really good and 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 uh shows that what we did last year wall had its uh bumps and bruises and and didn't always amount to what we wanted it to amount it to or something like that you know we we at least affected some people and to see you throw yourself into that and and you know we've talked offline about stuff that we're gonna try to do next year and and stuff like that so uh we're definitely not gonna let it die the three of us here that you see on the screen will keep it going in some form or fashion um and hopefully next year is a more of a normal year with home games with fans and you know fifteen thousand people losing their mind when Devin scores a goal and, and we can get back to doing stuff that we had planned to do this year. And we were trying to do last year. So, um, I, I thank you again for everything that you did there. I thank you for being here tonight, even though you look half asleep at times. And, uh, I just, uh, appreciate you appreciate y'all through and through, man. You're a great guy. Well, and who can, forget, who, can, who can forget Milo? I mean, let's be honest. He's the, he's the real star. And if you don't know who Milo is, um, Earl has a great Dane that's taller than me um, when, she stands up, when he stands up on his hind legs, So, uh, and he's the sweetest dog ever. Uh, does he have his own Instagram or Facebook? He has his own Facebook page. His Facebook yes. is
2: Milo Dane. Um, before the end of this podcast, he might make a special appearance. He yes, I love it. Possibly. So if there's some kind of crash going on in here, it's because... I have a 160 pound human pretty much throwing his weight around.
1: Yes. I would love it. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily make for great podcasting, but, uh, me being able to see you, I would, I would enjoy that quite a bit. <laughs>
0: we'll
1: see. Well, what I don't think it'll do.
0: be the first time, I don't think it'll be the first time an animal has crashed our, uh, our podcast. I think my cat crashed it a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, one of our cats, anyway. So fortunately, they're all locked in the other part of the house tonight, so there won't be any cat interruptions. So, all right. So for those of you that, that aren't familiar with Somos and News, last year it was a actual print publication uh, that was distributed for free uh, to anyone who wanted one. I believe it was a uh, it was at various locations all around town, and then also at the matches as well. Um, and this year, it's everything that everything that's being done for Somos and News is primarily digital this year. Um, I know, you know, we've, Earl obviously has the Facebook go on. Jacob and I uh, do written content under this almost the almost a moniker over on our website. We've got the podcast here. Uh, Earl, what was your, what was your feeling about moving from a print publication to more of a digital format uh, going from season one to season two?
2: I was 100% on board for it. And actually I did mention to Jacob last season, I believe when, as soon as I took over, Hey, we need to start doing something not, not cost or for free pretty much because for one we're a non-profit as it is so non-profit not only does things for free we also don't make money we're also all volunteers so we're all throwing our own money into the hat doing our own thing and sometimes it just doesn't work out in any of our favor um and i'm actually looking at one of my lists now about seven or eight of our locations That don't have our publication anymore, but they do get our online stuff, and I share it with them all the time. Um, So to answer your question, I was 100% on board with it, because my main feeling is don't produce something if you don't have the money for it. I mean, kids. don't have kids if you can't afford them. Sometimes (laughs) they happen, but... But we we all know here, don't have kids unless you can afford it, unless you're ready for it. And that's the same thing with Social News News is if you don't have the money to produce written content in a newsletter form, there's no reason to put yourself in debt.
1: I loved the newspaper itself. I like the feel of it. I still have a copy of every single edition Mm -hmm. um, packed away here somewhere. But it definitely wasn't uh, the most financially secure way of going about it. And also, I think, you know, I, Seth has control of the numbers on our articles and stuff and how many clicks we get. But I, I think if we were doing the same amount of articles and the same things we were doing last year, this year, but having it online, um, we'd be able to reach more people in the long run. So I obviously am on board with the move to digital and having a website and, and Seth was gracious gracious enough to to bring me in to not only dad ventures and writing about it and and podcasting about it which i promise we are going to do at some point um the thing about dad life is it gets busy so um but also putting us a tab there where we can have written content for social social stimulus news and be able to to post stuff there and share the links and and get more people more people reading it and having people that want to read it, read it easier than having to go track down uh, a printed thing and, and find it somewhere since we didn't deliver it to people's homes, which honestly we, we might have had we gone long enough, but, but uh, that didn't end up happening. So, see, so yeah, I, 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 I agree with Earl there, The the move, it was, it was obvious. It was an obvious move that we needed to make that we probably should have made from the beginning last year, honestly.
2: It was a whole lot easier to make that decision, too, because we were looking at maybe 30 to 40 different locations that we were dropping at, that we had actual content, written content put at. And just finding people willing to drive all over Albuquerque and sacrifice your Saturday, your Sunday, sometimes your Friday afternoons, just to talk to a business and drop these these written contents off to them, it was sometimes virtually impossible to where I actually had to go out one Saturday and do it myself. And granted, I had to throw away like 30 bucks worth of gas money because we were all over from Belen to uh closest into Santa Fe from the west side of Albuquerque all the way to here in Moyarty. And we were just all over the place where you just threw money out as if we were all state employees.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the great things associated with the with the cost of doing digital media is that, you know, a little bit behind the scenes, like it costs us $5 a month to host our podcasts for, for both the podcasts that Jacob and I do $5 a month. The website is, was roughly a hundred dollars for the, for a year basically. Um, so the, 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 compare that to what the, I don't know what, the, what you guys, the cost was on print publication, but, with the digital footprint and then with the, you know, aspect of free social media and things like that, and the ease of distribution and sharing and retweeting and all that kind of stuff, you know, digital to me at least feels like, you know, the, really the way to go. And, you know, I, I loved what you guys did last year with someone. It's like, you guys did so many things. Like you got, you had the uh, aspect, you know, you had a little, uh, little miss uh, doing content. You had players writing stuff. You got, you had all kinds of stuff that was being, Brought into it, and it made for a fantastic product, and I think it just—it was just one of those things where, you know, if there had been some sort of a revenue stream, like it absolutely could have absolutely kept going. You know, look at stuff like, uh, like Alibi or or stuff like that, you know, they get money for advertisers and and things, and I think like, you know, the compare, you know, that you've got the income from there compared to the to the cost. You know, compare that again to the digital content that we're doing. And there's got to be a huge difference. I mean, we're not making any money off of this. I mean, maybe eventually, you know, we'll we'll monetize the podcast and the website and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not a concern because we could reach so many people for such a little cost.
1: Go ahead, ahead,
2: Errol. I was going to say, it's exactly that. I mean, you're working. So pretty much I'm working for free. Granted, I'm doing a whole lot more money, a whole lot more work off of it but it's that much easier to get it to a broader audience. I mean, I could post something right now on Facebook. By the morning, I'm going to have at least 100 views on that.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Compared to the actual written content where you would drop it off at, I'm just off of my list that I have here, my little cool sticky note from last year. Um, Drop it off at House of Soccer and you go back the next week and you have the same amount of, a newsletter still sitting there. So you weren't really hitting the audience because it wasn't really pushed out there where social media, I mean, everyone's staying at home. Um, granted they're supposed to be working from home. Work from home does count as Facebook from home too. So yeah, so they're on Facebook all day. So it's a lot easier to hit a huge announcement or just any really small detail that people want to read. It's just a whole lot easier to find them on Facebook now or any social media.
0: I would also say too that when you've got multiple contributors, you know, like, like you got, like I said, you guys had Little Miss and other writers, you know, like on staff, and then of course players and stuff. I think you also have the the ease of the the web access. People can just hop on the website, post something. You know, like with our site with the Adventures, Jake and I just pop on whenever we whenever we have time, we throw something up. I mean, obviously, you know, the match stuff is very time sensitive, but you know, for everything else, like we just log in, do it, like. We don't like, we don't say like, okay, you you know, it has to be edited a specific way. It doesn't have to be written a specific way. It doesn't have to be formatted, you know, in a particular way. Like just, we, we want content out there that people can relate to. And I think going forward, like one of the things that Jake and I kind of want to do, like we want to bring other people, like we want other people to contributing digitally because again, the, the ease of that. And I think it could be, you can have so many people contributing things. You have so much stuff coming out at different times and you don't have to like, you don't have to have like a deadline that you have to meet.
1: Right. Yeah. All in all, it's just, it's just a better way, easier way. It's, it's more convenient. It's, it's, it's why print publications are dying in the first place. Like you mentioned the alibi and they, their little niche audience does, they do fine with, but it, if you look at any newspaper, in fact, if we were still doing print newsletters this year, we would be screwed because I read a couple weeks ago where, um, the journal is actually closing their printer down here in Albuquerque and they are printing everything up in Santa Fe where the, whatever the Santa Fe paper is, um, is prints their stuff. So we, our printer wouldn't, where we were getting ours printed for the cheapest price that we could isn't even there. So we would have had to figure something else out and be even more um, in debt with it. So I love the move. Um, This year has been a whirlwind with everything going on. So I expect next year and the off season, we can get some more stuff together. And and as we go about this year to get things um, cleaned up a little and like uh, Seth said, get more people writing and, and contributing to the website and stuff like that. And, and that's only a matter of time. I know that, uh, it just, you know, between last year and this year, so much has changed with sun and with United anyways, and then with COVID and in the world in general. So it's, it's, uh, just a lot of things that will, will get ironed out. Um, but I think that we've done a good job of, of doing at least something this year and, and hopefully we can, uh, continue to grow on that and, and I think all three of us want it to grow into something else uh, and grow into something more. Um, and I think we'll be able to do that as the seasons go on. But uh, speaking of, of New Mexico United soccer, let's uh, get off of the, the ins and outs of Somosimos News and, and jump into what most of the people that listen to this podcast listen for, and that's New Mexico United content. Initial thoughts on this quote-unquote home game that we have coming up next weekend. Uh, Do you guys, I understand why they're doing it. I I don't like that. It's called a home game, but I understand why they're doing it. What do you guys think? Is it, is it something that you are happy they did or is it kind of weird to you? Or what do you guys think? Let's uh, let's go with Earl first. So we're not jumping on each other.
2: So my, my, I'm torn with it. So yes, I'm happy. They're having a, Home game. Um, I'm not happy they're calling it a home game because it's nothing different other than we're gonna have fans there. So now we can have fans travel 400 whatever miles it is, four and a half hours up there, and come right back and not have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, so that's pretty much the only difference. Am I excited that fans are gonna be there? Of course. Am I excited that we're gonna actually be able to play in front of? our own fans and in, not in front of Colorado Springs fans and and people like that. No no harsh and no harm intended towards Colorado Springs. You guys are incredible people. But I I'm not on the bandwagon yet of it being a home game because it's not in the lab or it's not in the soccer complex. It's not in New Mexico. So it's still in a way.
0: Yeah, I, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Um, it's hard to call it a home match. It really is. I mean, like you said, we're not at the lab. We're not at UNM Soccer Complex. I mean, I think it's great that the two clubs were able to work this out. That Colorado Springs was was more than was, was willing to say, "All right, we'll give you guys a thousand tickets to where your fans can come and basically turn it into home atmosphere," which I, I think that's great. I, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that in the world of soccer before. So I think from that aspect of it, it's, it's a big deal. I think it's um, a huge partnership between the two clubs. Now, how the revenue is going to happen, it, what, does United get that revenue? It's Colorado. I, I imagine Colorado is getting the revenue from it uh, because, of course, it is their facility. It is their, their park, their ticketing. So, I mean, it's kind of disappointing from that aspect for from a club aspect that, that the club isn't making money off of it. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It's hard to say it's a home match when you're driving, you know, five and a half hours. Yes, it's going to be prim- pretty much primarily or all United fans in the stadium. I think you'd have a better. I don't know how the turnout is going to be. That's, that's my question. What's the turnout going to be like? I know there's only a thousand seats available. I think you'd have better turnout if they did this down in El Paso. Not that I think El Paso would do that. Um, but yeah, that, that's my question. I mean, how many guys? Do you, how many fans do you guys think are actually going to show up to this?
1: We'll sell it out. Hey, we, we sent a charter plane to Minnesota for an open cup match where people paid, uh, what was it like 160 bucks or something like that? Um, 150. Okay. They will make, they'll make this trip. They, they will. I, I've seen all over Facebook already. People, um, commenting on Facebook. got my tickets, got my tickets. Uh, one couple, it was their anniversary gift to each other. There, there's going to be people there. It will. I, I, I would be shocked if it doesn't sell out. Um, I'd be shocked if it's not sold out right now, honestly. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, it just, it, our fans are, I, honestly, I I would go if it wasn't for the fact that I will be on call that weekend and can't leave Fort Sumner. Um, so I would expect it to sell out. Um, I, I have the same feeling kind of as you guys. Um you know, it's weird calling it a home match when it's not in the state, uh, let alone at the lab or at uh, the soccer complex. Um, but I, I do think, like you mentioned a little bit, Seth, it, it's fantastic to me that rival clubs like us, you know, we're both part of the Four Corners Cup. Uh, they're in our group this year. Um, we've dominated them um, for the most part, uh, aside from a draw. Last, uh, the last time we played them, we beat them every single time. You know, I, I feel like that just shows the community that the USL in general has. And uh, I'm excited for that and, and excited to be able to to be a part of that uh, that league and that camaraderie that they have in that league. Now, you're right. I don't think El Paso would do it for us. I do think we would draw better in El Paso as far as numbers do. Um, if, if we don't sell out this one, I think we would sell out in El Paso. But um, El Paso is not going to do that for us. They... Uh, and I don't expect them to. I don't expect Colorado Springs to. So so it's kind of nice. I was kind of hoping that the announcement would be that basically every match after that was going to be played up there for us. Um, and have the time set so that we could, if Colorado Springs has a home match, we could adjust it to where um, we play at different times or whatever the case may be. So I was kind of hoping that it was like, hey, from here on out, all of our games are going to be in one spot and that'll be Colorado Springs. Because I think we can still get fans there for every match. I think that it would limit travel um, significantly because like if you look at our the rest of our schedule after that match, we have RGV, El Paso and Real Monarchs. Um, So if all three of those were just in Colorado Springs, you know, it's a four or five hour drive up there um, three more times instead of going all the way to RGV El pass close, but then all the way to on a plane and hop into Utah. So, so I wish that was the case, but, um, it, it's a step in the right direction. I think our fans are super excited that we'll get to have fans there, uh, and hear, hear everybody scream when we score and stuff like that. So, so I'm, I'm for it in general. Um, I still wish we were playing here, but I know it's not the club's fault that we can't, so I'm not going to hold that against them and they're working with what they got. And I think, uh, they did the best here that they could possibly do. And I, I'm pretty, pretty, I think it's a pretty cool idea that they're doing.
2: So uh, to bounce off that whole uh, uh, Colorado Springs being the home for us for the future, that is tentative, which it might even wind up being that. But I do know the governor was talking about easing restrictions on sports which is huge news for me because I am also on the board for AYSO. So to be able to coach little six-year-olds and little four-year-olds again will be amazing. But not only that, with her easing restrictions, it might open the door for United to come back in and play at the soccer complex or, say, play at Cleveland High School, somewhere where it's not as open for public to bombard because we all know New Mexicans are crazy and they will find a way to be there. So in yeah. order to covidly safe practice COVID safe practices then somewhere's like Cleveland High School or even UNM complex with a lot of security obviously. Um but that's that's actually what came out today was she is considering uh easing sports restrictions.
1: Well, that would, that would be nice. That'd be huge for, for everybody involved. I know in our community here in Fort Sumner, uh, it's a big high school football community. Um, I think they've already basically postponed that till spring for sure, but, but, uh, it'd be nice to know that it's going to happen at least then. So, um, hopefully we get some home matches. If not, if they could make all of our matches at Colorado Springs, I'd be happy with that alternative, um, just to reduce travel and, and all that stuff. Um, but they did announce the that meal and a match. Um, Seth, you mentioned it earlier before we jumped on. Um, I actually looked into it. In fact, the game on the 26th, um, assuming it's not played here, uh, me and my wife and a few other friends are going to actually get a table and go to that and check it out. And for those of you that haven't seen, it's basically um, Electric Playhouse, which is an immersive dining experience, as they call it. Um, I call it Meow Wolf with a meal um you basically get uh you get a table for six people uh in a room with a giant screen where you can watch the match with other people socially distanced and and uh, enjoy some food and some drinks while you're while you're watching the match with fell united fans and and i do think that is a awesome alternative to being able to actually go i we went to watch parties a lot last year and and i really enjoyed those so this will be a little bit of a subdued one i imagine but um i'm still excited for that option for fans as well um, did you guys look into that at all or are you would you like to go or what do you guys think about that stuff
2: I did look into it and I'm I'm on the fence with it I mean I don't have six of my closest friends to go to a United watch party/ slash dinner meal um, so that's part of it so if I can muster up six more people because my wife doesn't watch soccer. Or five more people. Sorry, I went to Mountain I'm terrible at math. Um <laughs> so if I can muster up five more people to go watch a soccer game with me and eat dinner, then yeah, I am in.
0: That's kind of where I'm at. My wife is not a, a soccer supporter at all. She doesn't watch well, she doesn't really watch any sport. But uh yeah, it's I I'd have to find someone else to go with, of course. Um I think it's an interesting idea. You know, I really have to applaud the club because through all of this, through all of the relocations, the postponements, but they've continued to try to find ways to get the United community here and abroad ways to watch the matches. Uh, you know, we've seen broadcasts, we've seen broadcasts on ABC. We've seen them on Australia. We've seen, you know, uh, ESPN radio. One has basically gone to ba- to all day coverage on Saturdays for the most part, you know, with United weekly with the extended pre-match, the, the post-game show. So, the club continues to try to find ways to, to engage the community. And I think that's fantastic. I think they've done a, a great job with that. Um, I, you know, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't looked at the pricing of this. Um, you know, so I think depending on the pricing, that may be a barrier to some folks, but again, I just, I think it's a fantastic way. Another, just another way to to keep, keep the community engaged and wanting to follow the club. Um, Cause it, I don't know. It seems to me like there's been a little bit of a disconnect, you know, through like, various different social outlets. Um, at least not as much of a, it's not as much engagement as you see, like after the live matches for people are leaving, they're tweeting out, they're doing all that. So I, I mean, the club is, I have to again I have to applaud the club for everything that they're trying to do.
1: They're doing the best with what they have. And, and most of the time, if they have everything at their disposal, they're, they do the best job anyways. So it's no surprise that through this uh, difficult time with all these changes you know they're they're able to make the most out of it and do do great things um you guys are looking at this all wrong see i'm I'm only going to this thing because i pitched it to my wife as a date night you know we're gonna get the kids a babysitter and we're gonna one of her best friends and her, her husband and then one of my best friends and his wife are the ones that are gonna go it's basically date night for my wife and i girl time for her and her friend guy time for me and my friend and the other husband. And, and we're just going to hang it So, so I didn't pitch it as, Hey babe, let's go watch a soccer game. And I was like, Hey, let's go on a date. What do you want to do? Oh, Hey, we could go do this. <laughs> and, uh, and it worked. So, so that's what we're doing. And, it, and it, the price, uh, you mentioned the prices it's, it's not terrible. It's, you know, they have three different levels that you could do as far as basically it just comes down to how close you want to sit to the screen. So if you want to sit front row, it's 120 a table if you want to sit middle row. It's 90 a table if you want to sit the back row. It's 60 a table, um, and then you got to buy your food and drinks on top of that. Um, it is a 50 dollars food and drink minimum per table, uh, but honestly, with six people, you're not going to have a problem reaching that, even if you guys just do drinks. So, um, it's not too expensive. It's it's basically going to a game, um, which you know if if you usually go to four or five games. Uh, and this is basically your only option this year, since we haven't had any other thing to do, you know, you had, you should have a lot of money saved up for, from not going to those games to be able to, to spend on it. So, so I don't, I don't think that'll be too much of a problem. I think they'll get their fair share of people. And all in all, like we've talked about, the club just does good things all the time uh, in a bunch of different ways, whether it's this kind of stuff or the spotlighting women and minorities type of stuff or uh, anything like that, you know, they they just they go above and beyond um, off the pitch. Anyways, they go above and beyond to to keep us happy on the pitch. Eh, sometimes that's another story uh, we hadn't had much to complain about other than Phoenix Rising uh, kind of taking it to us uh, a couple months ago, basically. Uh, but we did finally suffer a loss to somebody in our group this past weekend and um, is a, a 3-2 loss to El Paso. In a game that uh, you just you, you you never felt like we were really there, uh, we were really ready there. So, did you guys have uh, something that stuck out to you in a positive or negative way uh, the most from the match last Saturday?
2: So yeah, I I actually had some stuff, uh, some takeaways from the match. For one, uh, it's mainly three points for me, and I could add a fourth one. Uh, four, the first one was united seemed tired. I mean, that was, what, their eighth straight day off the road? I mean, they haven't been home much, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, so to me, they just seemed a little bit tired, a little bit rust on their wheels. They couldn't keep going. Um, El Paso seemed to have the answer for every attack that they did. Um, as soon as we got into the attacking half, they were right there, on, back on top of us, putting a stop to that. Um, really just what it felt like was the road games and just being away from home had finally caught up to the team. I mean, we've been road warriors, and that's road warriors, I better put in quotations, um, for as long as the season started. And then it finally caught up to us that we're, we're human as well. The positive part about it, though, is just like Phoenix, which Phoenix does suck still. <laughs> yes, yeah, I had to throw that in there. There's one of them. Just like the Phoenix loss, the team came back strong, I and mean, they didn't let that five two loss affect them much. And they actually came back and won the next three or four games. I think it was possibly five. I'm terrible at math. Um,
1: and I just three <laughs> it was it three? Yeah, it was the uh, um, Cairo Springs and the two against the Monarchs, all in a span of eight days.
2: Okay, so yeah, so three games, four games in. And- eight days, ten gate, ten days, whatever it might be. Um, but even at that, the team did come back stronger and won the next three. And I feel they will probably do the same exact thing. I mean, they're playing a weaker team, not taking anything away from the Monarchs or Colorado Springs or the next upcoming games. But if you look at the rest of the season, we have Colorado Springs, who is sitting third in our division. We have the Monarchs. Who are sitting fourth in our division we have rgv who no no intention towards ron i love Ron to death still but aren't doing too good i mean
1: mm-hmm.
2: we have a pretty good stretch in our future the next coming games that we can bounce back pretty quick and the fact that we only need nine points is the nine points is the magic number to clinch the division that's pretty. I mean, I don't want to harp right away, but that's pretty easy to do against lower teams such as Colorado Springs, El Paso, or Colorado Springs, the Monarchs, and RGV.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I my takeaway on the negative side was that we definitely looked tired, and and uh, after Seth talks a little bit about his thoughts on this game, I'll go into the the standings here. But yeah, those are both good points there, and. and Seth, Did you see anything else there that uh, that you wanted to touch on?
0: You know, honestly, I felt like the first half we played we played decent in the first half. You know, we were employing the press, we were able to get some pressure on them. We saw El Paso make mistakes. Uh, we went up, you know, two one just before the break. Um, I mean, congrats to Dev getting back on the score sheet. It's been a while for him. Uh, last two times out against uh, against El Paso, he scored as well. So it's glad to see him getting back to that. But I don't know what happened at halftime. I don't know what happened coming out of the second half coming out you know, onto the pitch in the second half. But from the minute that whistle blew, probably for the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, United touched the ball maybe ten times. El Paso was pressing. We were making mistakes, and you know that just that constant pressure on our guys led to that goal. They're the own goal that Austin gave up. Uh, I, I understand Austin's movements there, but I don't think it was the right decision to make at that time. Had he just let that ball go through, there was no one there on the other side that could have gotten on the end of it. So I don't know.
1: I think that goes to them being tired and, you know, Austin, we talked about it, I think last week um, when I mentioned who's played the most minutes, you know, Austin's played the second most minutes of any defender that we have after Caleb Ryden and um, everybody just looked tired there. And and he, when you are that tired and and your brain's not running on all cylinders, you know, you make mental mistakes like that, where he might've noticed that there was nobody at the back post, but for some reason in his head, he was like, I got to get a foot to this. And, And then that leads to the ball going to the back of the net. And then we know what happens after that. So yeah. I fully agree that he he made a mistake there, but I think that goes back to just the team in general, just being exhausted from everything that we're having to do on the road.
0: You know, in the last couple of weeks we've talked about the, the, the toll that all this travel is taking. You know, if, if we think about it, these guys, you know, they're typically leaving on Friday after Friday afternoon, heading to wherever they need to go. And then they're playing on Saturday night and then i imagine they're they're either coming back you know after the match or first thing the next morning and so and then they're getting what a day of rest you assume they're resting monday you know then training tuesday wednesday thursday and then they're back on the road again so that's not really a lot of time to sit and recuperate and let those let their bodies heal and and we all we've all been on road trips you know i mean these guys aren't they're not flying everywhere they're taking buses And so like anyone who played high school sports or been on a long family car ride knows that anytime you're cooped up in a vehicle for five, six, eight, nine hours, you're going to have some sort of physical or mental, just like tiredness that's going to bog you down for a little while.
2: Yeah. And to touch on that, they actually left Saturday morning and played Saturday night.
1: Yeah. For the El Paso games, they do that. I know for, for the Monarchs when they fly out and stuff like that, it's, it's not the same day, but since El Paso is just a few hours away, they, they do typically leave in the morning and that, I mean, anytime that you are in a vehicle for even three hours, um, you know, your body just stiffens up, even if it's a nice bus, like they travel on, you know, it's just, it's not the same as, as waking up in your own bed and doing your own routine and being in a, in your house or apartment or whatever. And then, going to the match early and and all that stuff. It's just, it's just different. And, and I, that's why I would like to see some home matches or at least uh, less travel and just playing Colorado Springs and maybe, maybe go up like Tuesday or Wednesday and train some more there just so we can get into a flow of, of a quote unquote home match feel. Um, I still see like Earl mentioned, you know, we're, I think we're nine points away from shoring up, uh, a playoff spot, not necessarily the top of the division, but a, a playoff spot for sure. Um, and I, I would be shocked if we don't make the playoffs. I'd be a little surprised if we don't win the division, uh, just because if you look at our schedule, it is it is super easy here. You know, we got Salt Lake coming up this weekend, then Colorado Springs, then RGV, then El Paso, and then Salt Lake one more last time to finish it out. And you know, we've we've played all of those teams really well this year. Uh, and in the past, you know this was El Paso's first time beating us just last weekend. So um, I, I don't see us losing to them again. I could see it being a draw, but I don't see them losing us losing to them again. So it it, it was a bump in the road. I, I also agree where I felt like they played good the second or the first half. and then the second half, they came out flat as can be. But then I thought they found a rhythm after that goal. Um, I think there was a goal, there was the goal, and then there was another chance. And then after that, they kind of woke up, found their footing. I thought we were going to score. Um, and then just one lapse of judgment. Um, you know, I, I, I can't stand Omar Salgado. He's, he's right up there with, uh, Asante for me. Um, I just can't stand complaining and the dumb look that he has on his face when he complains. But, um, I, I don't know if you fouled him or not. I thought Najem went down a little easy, um, trying to get the call maybe and, and didn't get it. And, and you know, you can't let somebody of Salgado's talent just have free reign to run into your six-yard box, basically, is where he went to. Um, so, you know, they capitalized and and hats off to them. They, they deserve the win. But I also don't think we played near as bad as people let it out to be. Um, yeah, we gave up three goals. That's... Aside from Phoenix, that's the worst we've done all year. But if you look at besides Phoenix, you know El Paso has been the team that played us, plays us the toughest this year and last year. You know they played us really tough last year too. Um, we we did get the three nil win, but um, you know it was a, it was a tight game there for a little while. So I don't put too much into it. Uh, I think we'll bounce back. Uh, um, I, I I would expect us to come out firing as best we can, uh, on this next match. And, um, I, 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 think people just need to calm down and, and, you know, social media, um, Seth, you're not on Facebook. Uh, so you're not part of the New Mexico United nation page. Um, which is probably a good thing because it drives me nuts sometimes, you know, it was, it was, it's pretty toxic in there after a loss. Like it's, it's like the sky is falling every time we lose. And then, you know, after the second Real Monarchs game, when we had won three games in a row um, in eight days, you know, it was there was still chatter in there, but it was definitely a lot quieter in there uh, posting wise. People with people posting than than after a loss. Uh, it seems like after a loss, everybody wants to point fingers and oh, Austin had a terrible game. Oh, Cody had a terrible game. Oh, the offense disappeared. Oh, coach did this wrong. And um, you know, it it's just a very it's almost like a sports radio where it's just, you know, people feel like they have to fill the air. So after somebody loses, they freak out. And after somebody wins, they're ecstatic. So it's very similar to that, but um, I think people calm down and, you know, if we get, especially if we get back in the wind column on Saturday, you know, nobody's going to bat an eye at that El Paso match. They'll just be, Oh yeah, it happens, you know, uh, even though the sky was falling when it first happened. So, I think we're all pretty much on the same page there. Do you, yeah, I know it was a loss and whatnot, but uh, Earl, do you have a man of the match there? Was there somebody that stuck out in a positive way for you? So my man of the match, and
2: I'm, there's two of them, actually my men of the match. Um, the first one is Tanari. Andrew Tanari is just incredible this season. Um, my, my opinion um not downing on any of the other signings that we did over on the offseason, but in my opinion, Tenari was the best signing that we had. I mean, right there in the midfield, he is a constant stalwart. and he's always there. He's reliable as a crap. I mean, he's always getting the stop or getting that last save before they get to the back line. They're all he's always there. Um my second man of the match would probably be Kaitlyn uh, Wrighton. Kaitlyn is an incredible human. I'm friends with him on Facebook personally. Uh, he's he's just an incredible human. And then for him to, he commands that back line, and he instructs where we need to be. Him and Thugs uh, back there are incredible. So, yeah, so my two would be Tanari and Wrighton.
0: Yeah, I think Andrew definitely acquitted himself from the week before. Um, he definitely did not have a solid match. Um, probably his I would say he came. He was coming off his worst match of the season, uh, and he has absolutely been one of the better, better performing signees that we've had this season. Uh, he did play very well. Uh, I think him and Juan Pablo or him and Salih there in the middle. They they both he links up well with both of them. They're very good defensively and making those plays are, you know, those last minute plays, making those runs back um, and dropping, you know, covering the, the deeper on the pitch than, than what we saw, you know, guys do last season. Uh, I think he's more athletic than, than a lot of people think. Um, and his decision-making has been absolutely, um, absolutely incredible all season long.
1: As somebody who wrote an article halfway through the season, claiming Tanari to be our MVP, um, you're not going to get any complaints or, or any disagreement from me there because uh, I have been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with him all season. And uh, like Seth said, uh, he didn't have the best match last match, um, but he bounced back nicely with this one. And and um, him and Salih in there, um, Guzman Guzman has played really well for us this year after that knock against Colorado Springs, though, not seeing him in the lineup this past weekend. Um We'll see what happens there. But I, I think those three, along with Ryan Williams to an extent, um, I know a lot of people have uh, have differing thoughts on Ryan. And and I think uh, if you look at last year, uh, you, it's very easy to see or to say that Ryan is, is somebody that we didn't need to keep. But my argument there was uh, he played in a couple of the early matches and looked really good. Then he got hurt, missed a lot of time. Came back, never really looked right, um, and I thought so far this year he played really well until the yellow or until the red card game uh, against Colorado Springs. So uh, you're not going to get any complaints from me with Tenari. I think he's been the best player, um, definitely the most underrated player uh, all season. Uh, but you know, I, I like the man of the match, and and I, I, I Riding has been a stalwart back there, and and uh, I agree with everything you said there, but. We give up three goals. I can't give it to a defender. Tenari would be a good option, but to me, when I when I watched that match, um, the player that stuck out to me the most was Morano. The dude is just a beast. You know, he just he he's everywhere, man. He the the touch that he had to set up that first goal. Um, he he's not like, like I don't I love Santi. I don't want to throw shade at Santi, but he's been. Just as productive on the offensive side, for the most part, uh, if you take into account like a whole season's worth of matches, you know. Uh, but he actually tries on defense, and Santi would constantly slack in that area. So to watch him produce a play like that uh, strata goal to begin with, but then also you know press really well and and track back to defend and in, in the opponent's side, you know he just. He consistently puts up that kind of stuff and has a fantastic motor, um, and just tries and tries and tries and succeeds most of the time. So, so my man of the match would have to go to, to Moreno there just because, uh, he, he's just everywhere all the time. And, and I love watching him, him work out there. And mm-hmm. You know, there, there wasn't really anybody that stuck out in a negative way to me. So, um, screw it. Everybody, everybody's man of the match. Everybody gets a trophy, um, we're, we're just <laughs> going to move, move on from it. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it, 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 do you guys have any last thoughts on the El Paso match? I, I think I've said my piece. I think I've put it behind me and, uh, you know, trying to bury the memory of it and, and try to move on. But is there anything else you guys got to add there? Go ahead, Seth.
0: Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, uh, probably underrated man of the match, David Estrada. Last few weeks, David has really come on strong. He's gotten himself some assists. He got himself his first goal of the season, uh, Saturday night. And I feel like his level of play has really stepped up in the past couple of weeks. I think he's putting himself in good positions, uh, and I think that he's going to be a very important part here in the last you know four or five matches of the season.
2: So yeah, so I I also agree with you on that. Um, my my final takeaway of the El Paso match is. It happened. I mean, we got <laughs> yeah. outplayed. I mean, there's not much you can say. I mean, we can we can cry about it all we want. We can hug each other and wipe each other's tears off. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's still a loss.
1: I, I put it to a friend of mine uh, that I was texting right after the match. Um, on I think I was texting him on Sunday about it, you know. To me, it seemed like. Uh, tell me if this is a fair statement. If you think this, if you guys think it, it's a fair statement or not. We played a bad to decent game, and El Paso, El Paso played a very good game, and still almost drew with us or lost to us. So it, there wasn't that much margin of difference. So, so I think we are the much better team against El Paso, or compared to El Paso, um, we just didn't live up to it. So. So I feel like they played a really good game. We played a bad to mediocre game, and we still almost got the point. So I'm looking at, I'm spinning it in a positive light there, and and that's kind of what I thought the thought of the match after the fact. Do you guys think that's a fair statement? Um, uh, Would you guys disagree with that? Would you say I play they didn't play very well? Because I thought they played a very very good game, Um, and they still uh, had to have heroics in the last few minutes there to pull it out. So. So is that fair, guys? So I 100% agree
2: with you, 100%. I mean, hopping on Facebook afterwards, to hopping on the USL Trash Talk page, because I'm part of that USL Trash Talk page on Facebook too. And by the way, the fans were talking and the El Paso fans were talking, they might as well want to because that's that's all they could harp on is that they beat us 3-2. to two. Um, Yeah, so to pretty much piggyback off of you, in my opinion, I watched the same match you did. I feel like El Paso probably played the best game of their season. My opinion. They played their lights out. We had a probably a fifth game in a month on the road. We haven't had anything close to even home. And we almost pulled out one point. Yeah. So yeah, so I agree with you. I mean, they played their hearts out. We played we played for lunch, pretty much.
1: Yeah, Seth, you you, you agree with that statement, or are we overvaluing how good El Paso played? Are we just
0: crazy? I don't think you guys are crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like El Paso was the better second half club on Saturday night. They were better than us for forty five minutes, and they got lucky. Yeah, I'm not. It's, I'm it's not possible that for both to happen. I mean, right. they were. I, I feel like they were better for forty five minutes the entire first half, the entire first two matches of the season, we've been the better club. We were the better club last season as well. So, I feel like Saturday night came down to, like we mentioned, tired legs. It came down to a tired mentality, and we made a mistake. They got lucky. I mean, you know, the odds of that ball going into the net off of Austin on nine, you know, ten times out of ten, I mean, there's no telling where that ball goes. Mm. So yeah, I, I think that's what it is. They got lucky. They were better for 40, better team for 45 minutes. And and that's it.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, that's what I'm saying. They, they played the better match, but they played like Earl said, one of their best matches of the season. And we played by far our worst match. I think that was our, uh, a, mm-hmm. a, a worse worse showing by us than even Phoenix. Maybe Phoenix was a little worse at I've tried to block that game out of my memory because of how hard Phoenix sucks. I just I don't like to think about them. So, uh, it 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 was one of our worst games of the season and one of their best games of the season, and it was still lucky for them to get away with it. So so that was kind of the point that I was making as well. So I I, I think we're all on the same page there. El Paso fans will talk crap um, until the end of this month when we play them and hopefully beat them again. You know, but they they think that they own the place and they think that. uh, since they beat us, they can talk as much crap as we want. Even though you know it's pretty easy for us to go. Look, you guys played at home again. It's our third time playing there, and you barely beat us after we've been on the road all season. So they can just calm their their faces down a little bit and 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 just wait till wait till later. Seth, I will take umbrage with a little bit of what you said there. I I will agree that we were the better side last year. Against them, but I think overall, you I can't argue with the fact that they were probably the better side um, for the season in general. You know, they did make the Western Conference Finals. They did um, finish higher in the regular season standings than us. So, so I I already know that if any El Paso fans get a hold of this, they'll attack us for that. And I just want to say, you're right. Calm down. But we still beat you three nothing and drew two two. So shut your pie holes and going back to El Paso. Um, With all that being said, um, let's look ahead just a little bit to, to this Saturday, a noon uh, start time, uh, which is going to be kind of strange up there in Salt Lake, but it's a team that we just talked about a three game winning streak that we had. Two of those wins were against Real Monarchs in a span of four days up in Utah. Um, Utah did, uh, play middle of the week and and took home a victory um, against Colorado Springs. So they are actually now uh, in fourth place. They sit ten points behind us with a match in hand. So theoretically, they could be seven points behind us um, if they win their next one that isn't against us and whatnot. But for the most part, they're they're way back there uh, It'd take a, a pretty good. Um, run by them to get into the playoffs. And since we play them twice, that basically would mean them having to beat us twice Uh, coming up on Saturday. Do either of you think they, they get, they get three points from us or, or it sounds like I, I I think I can speak for both of you guys when I say that uh, we expect them to win, but, but um, what do you guys think happens? Is it, is it going to be a win? Is it going to be a loss? Is it, is it going to be a tight game? Uh, let's go with Earl first, so we're not talking over each other. I have a 2-1 win,
2: possibly even a 3-1 win. I won't give Cody a clean sheet. I mean, as much as I love Cody to death, I won't give him a clean sheet. There's going to be some kind of stupid penalty. Something stupid is going to happen where he's going to concede a goal, which, okay, as long as we have the higher number, that's all that matters at this point. Um, so yeah, so I have a 2-1 win, possibly a 3rd. Um, I have a goal scored by dev a goal scored by your boy mondo possibly possibly if the weather's right bees gets a, another one
1: so do you do you picture it being like a a two nothing game at like the sixtieth minute and then them getting a cheap one or or is it like we go up one, they draw back and then we go up two?
2: No, so here's what I see. So in the 2-1 scenario, I see us up 2-0. 75th minute, coach starts putting in the lower guys such as Sammy and Ryan Williams and all our younger guys that don't really get much playing time anyways. Seeming that it's already closer to the end of the season. Let's the guys for playoffs Um, because if we don't make the playoffs, I will – buy each and one of you guys lunch and a beer. That's a that's a standing right now if we don't make playoffs. So the coach will start putting in the lower guys, the younger guys, and that's where the goal
1: get conceded. Seth, are you on the same page there?
0: I'm not too far off. I feel like we have a greater chance of getting a clean sheet against them. Uh, I mean, we did shut them out a couple of weeks ago and a 2-0 win. And then we did uh, the second match uh, in, in three days was a 2-1 win for us. So I feel like it's entirely possible for us to do it. Now we've seen time and time again, that dumb goal or like we switch off for like the last five minutes of a half or the first 10 minutes of a half or something like that it's happened time and time. again you know, last season, this season, like we've seen it happen now this season. I think we've done a better job of not letting that happen and I think we've done better of when it does happen of responding to that. I think what's going to happen is we're going to get up there on Saturday. At, yeah. At like he said, 12 o'clock kickoff really weird time for that. I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why. I mean, every other match for the most part has been, you know, six o'clock or later uh, mountain time. So I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole reason. I think, and, and we all know from watching really any sport, anytime, you know, a team travels, uh, you know, in baseball or football, you know, from West Coast to East Coast, and there's that weird start time that they're not used to, even by like an hour or two, it throws off their rhythm. So I can, all, I don't know what these, I don't know what Troy has them doing, you know, on, on match days. Do they get up? Do they just, you know, do a light workout? Do they do you know, whatever, like cardio, early meal, take a nap? and then and then go play. I don't know. But I imagine that it's gonna disrupt their flow, their match day flow to to some extent. So while I think there's a greater chance of a, of a clean sheet on Saturday, um, I do think it's gonna end up being somewhere along the lines of two one, three one as well. Um I think Bees gets back on the score sheet. Um I'm gonna get I think Bees uh gets a brace. He's played even though he hasn't scored in the last, I think last two matches, he's still playing really well. He is getting good looks. He's making good runs, but you know, he's showing really good movement. And I think Dev being back is going to help open him up more so than him playing with Romeo. Uh, so I think bees gets, gets two. And I think the third is going to come from, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say Brucey. I'm going to see, I want to see Brucey open his account this year. So might be a little bit of a long shot there, but I think it happens. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be one of those things where they, we give up. It's gonna be like a late goal, um, I think, to Real. Um, but yeah, I think we're gonna have this one pretty well in hand. We played, we played really well against them both games so far, and I d- just don't see that changing.
1: Yeah, I, I'm torn, guys. I really am because my heart and um, my fandom um, feels like like I'm looking here. Seth, you got the schedule behind you here on Twitch, and we've got. Two goals, two goals, two goals, three goals, two goals, one goal, two goals, two goals, two goals, two goals. We just we've gotten over that two goal hump just once this year, um, and, and I know that our offense is capable of great things, and I I, I think that in one of these last five matches we're going to see you know a four, five, six goal outburst somewhere in there. Um, I just don't know when and my heart wants to say that it's this week but if you you look at the weird start time you look at it being on the road um you look at just all the little things that kind of add up to it you know the the announcement of the quote unquote home match where they're going to be playing in front of fans that's going to be next weekend they could have it in their head looking forward to that you know wanting to wanting to play in front of somebody that's actually cheering for them and not um, booing every time they get a yellow card, take a foul or something like that, you know? So I I want to say it's going to be a big win, but I, I just can't. And I'm, I'm going to say we score two goals because that seems to be our cap right now. Um, and I'm actually going to say it's going to be a draw um, as much as I want, want that win. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope you guys are right. Um, but I, I think it finishes 2-2. Um, I don't think it's anything fluky. Uh, I think it's just them, um, you know, I I would going into the playoffs, I would really like to see us have a game where we do get down and we can fight back. Because if you look at all the matches since the restart, uh, if I, I'm doing this off of memory, so so I could be wrong, but I'm relatively sure the Colorado Springs match, we were winning or tied the whole time. We weren't we never were losing I believe that El Paso match, we were losing at one point, the second one, or or the first one since the restart. Um, Then we were never losing. We were never losing. We got destroyed by Phoenix. We were never losing. We were never losing. We were never losing. We were never losing. We were never, or we were losing against El Paso this last match, but then we couldn't come back. So we haven't been down and had to, you know, dig down deep and, and come back. So, so I would be happy with a win, obviously, but if it's not, I would like to see, say, or Salt Lake or Real Monarchs, you know, maybe get an early lead on us and see what, how we react to that. Because I tell you, you know, we talked about the schedule being Salt Lake, Colorado, RGV, El Paso, and Salt Lake, all teams that are beatable, that we're better than, and stuff like that. But when you get to the playoffs, it's a different monster. You know, it's, it's going to be something else entirely. So... Uh, I could see us getting past our first round matchup if assuming we win the mat or win the group. I can see us getting past Austin or Tulsa uh, pretty easily, but then, you know, we're going to have San Antonio more than likely. Um, And, and they're a very, very good, very, very tough team that we might find ourselves down against at one point. And I want to know that I've seen us go down and come back and fight back. So while I am pessimistic in the fact that I'm thinking it could be a draw, uh, there are some benefits that I could see come out of that, especially if we are not the team that gives up the lead uh, and we're the team that fights back and earns the point the hard way. So that's kind of what I'm feeling. I think I think B's getting on the score sheet's a pretty good bet um, I, I, or Amondo for that matter, because they seem to be hot um, or Estrada. Like I didn't, I didn't talk about Seth, uh, you talking about David uh, a while back talking about in the El Paso match, but you're right, man. He's, He's looked really, really good this year. He last year I kept watching him and going, man i I understand what this guy brings to the to the locker room and to the clubhouse and and to the team in general uh, as far as off the field and leadership goes. But every time he'd be on the field, I'd just be like, man, he's like a step slower than everybody else, and and he just kind of looked defeated. So I am super happy that he. I mean, he looks spry this year. He looks. He looks young, like he looks like rejuvenated. So, so that's a great thing to see. And I wouldn't surprised to see him or Amando or Bees or Dev. We have so many options there that it's hard to pick out who scores. But I'll go with Bees and I'll go with uh, I'll go with Brucey as well. I'd like to see Brucey open his account. He deserves it. So that's kind of what I'm seeing there.
2: So uh, a couple things, a couple things. I had to fact check you a little bit just so we're not spreading false news around this place, we did have to come back from El Paso, our 2-2 draw, to get that one point.
1: Yeah, I did mention that, that I thought we might have been losing in that one, but I wasn't 100% sure.
2: Yeah, we were losing that one at the half, 2-1, and then we came back on a penalty and got that. Okay.
1: That's right. That's right. So maybe maybe I'm thinking more of a – you know, we're down by one going into the 70th minute and we have to score in the last 20 minutes there to get a point and, and really have to kind of dig deep with tired legs and stuff like that, especially this late in the season, because there's a chance going into the playoffs, you know, we still haven't played a home game. So I want to, I want proof that we can do it now on these tired legs and, and we just have the the heart and stuff. I think we can, I just want to see it just once. So,
2: uh, so to kind of bounce off of what Jacob was saying about Dev looking super rejuvenated, super refreshed this year, I think it kind of had to go off of who he had last season. I mean, you look, and last season, as incredible as it was, we can look back on it and say we didn't have the locker room presence is what we should have. I mean, you look now, we have Bees, we have Kaitlin, we have Dev, we have Coach pretty much a locker room presence, locker room leaders. Um, back then, mm-hmm. we had we had Dev, who, yeah, he was a locker room leader back then, but then also in his ear chirping was Kevon Frader. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw him play on the field. If it didn't go his way, it became a pity party. Right. Uh, we, we saw it with Santi, which I do love Santi as a player still. Um, am I upset that he went to Phoenix? Of course I am. And I will... I look forward to the day that he comes back to New Mexico against us to get booed. Um, that's a different story, though. Uh, but then there were who didn't really have the outgoing support, especially when he'd make a mistake on the field, so that he'd get down on himself. So, yeah, so it then became Dev being on a mountain, and this year he has the support, the supporting cast, of pretty much this entire roster. I mean, you look at everyone on the roster from Mondo, who was in the MLS, so he has that leadership already. Uh, You look at Suggs, who's the second-year captain for us. You look at Cody, who's second-year in the goal, pretty much uncontended. I mean, he walked on the field, and that was his spot. Um, Kalen, you have championship caliber right there. I mean, you could go down the roster all night if you'd like, and there's going to be some kind of locker room presence that Dev can look for when he's not there.
1: Okay, so I was I was talking about David Estrada. Um, oh, not not Sandoval. Estrada was the one that I was just like he he just looked old. Uh, no offense, uh, David, if you ever listen to this. But uh, last year he just looked sluggish, and uh, Dev Dev had a heck of a year last year. I, uh, nothing against Dev. Uh, it was just Estrada, you know, he looks rejuvenated. He's the one that looks rejuvenated this year and looks like he's coming into the to the season even younger than, than last year, even though I, I know he's the oldest guy on the team and, and you know, play with Seattle and, and Tacoma up there back then. I think it was uh Seattle. Was it Seattle too? I think it was yeah. Sounders too. So Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so you know, he, he he's been around for a long time and just um this year he looks he looks a lot better. But uh Seth, you got a question for us?
0: Yeah, I I do have a question. So, looking at the next three matches, Salt Lake, Colorado, RGV, United's Magic number is nine. What do you think the odds are that we come up with nine points from, say, the next three matches, or at least our results combined with those of El Paso to secure that top spot?
1: Okay, well, go ahead. Um, you know, if we get three points from this one, I think it's almost guaranteed, um, no offense to Colorado Springs and no offense to Ron. Um, Colorado Springs, I love what you're doing for us, letting us play a quote-unquote home match. Um, but I, I would be shocked if playing in front of a thousand of our fans, playing a team that we've dominated before, um, even if it was for the fact that they got a draw against us the last time, um, You know, I, I would be shocked if we don't get three points there. And then if you look at RGV, and the way they play um you know maybe yeah the only thing i can think of there is if if ron has captivated that team in that community like he did here um maybe those players would be like hey we need to go put on a show against ron's former club to show them that you know ron didn't leave for nothing so maybe that's the case but in all actuality and you know, we are the more talented team um we have the better players we have the better coach uh we, we should get that W. So so it really comes down to Saturday for me if we get nine points or not. And I I think if we get nine points or we at least get a draw, we can we can come out with the the playoffs sewn up and we're definitely gonna have a, a playoff spot after that. Um locomotive does have a slightly tougher road um, left, they have one more match than us, um, which means that they're going to be playing one more match in a very short period of time. Um, so they play Saturday, they play San Antonio, and then it's a bunch of people in the division. So it's Colorado Springs, Monarchs, us, Colorado Springs, Monarchs. Um, the last three of those are supposed to be on the road one of those is us, though, so we'll see what happens there. But their last two matches will definitely be on the road. So um, I could see in the next three games, you know, if, if El Paso loses to San Antonio and we get a couple points or a couple wins, um, I could see us not clenching the top because I think mathematically um, we can't clinch the top until we play them again on the 26th, I think, Um but I do think we can come away with nine points and at least clinch a playoff spot if we get past Monarchs this week.
2: So, yeah, so I'm in the same boat. Um, so we can go down a fork in the road today or this week, actually. So if we get three points against the Monarchs, I'm going to bet 100 bucks right there. I will put a 100% chance that we clinch playoffs. We get those nine points next two games after that, and we're good to go. If we take off with one point, I mean, I'm still not heartbroken clinching in El Paso. I mean, I'm still not against that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, so I do see us getting those nine points within the next three games. Worst case scenario we get that ninth point in El Paso and show them really who Big Brother is.
1: Do you agree with that, Seth? Do you think we get those three, or those three wins?
0: I think we do. I really think we do. Because um, yeah, looking at looking beyond Salt Lake this weekend, you know, Colorado Springs, RGV, RGV especially like not playing particularly well. Colorado has looked better. Uh, they did reel off four straight draws, which for them is an improvement. Um, so yeah, just kind of looking at it. Um, you know, I I'm, I looked at looking ahead to our next three and El Paso's next three. <clears throat> Honestly, I'm, I'm projecting three wins for us, uh, for El Paso. I'm projecting they go one, one, and one in their next three matches. They, they've got, you know, San Antonio, Colorado, and Real. I could see them w- losing. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I have them going uh one, two, and oh, in their next three, um, when against Colorado losses to both, uh, Real and and uh, San Antonio, and so if that's the case, that would give us an eight point lead with two matches remaining. So, so that I, I would think, okay. yeah, that would essentially clinch it for us. So uh, I mean, El Paso would still have three matches left to, at, at that point, but um, yeah, it would because uh, you look at our our final El Paso and saw like, again. I mean, if we get if we take even a point off of El Paso in that last match, that second last match of the season, you know, that basically kills El Paso's chances of overtaking us. So, yeah, I, I think that we could basically have the group wrapped up here in, in, in three weeks, um, given the, giving my projected you know results for El Paso's next three matches as well.
1: That would be nice. That would be really nice. Um, I, I, for the most part, I mean, we talked about this, what three or four weeks ago, um, the playoff team seemed to be, uh, just about set anyways so um, you know you got us in El Paso pretty clear of of the third and fourth place team in our group um, and Reno so let's talk about I want to talk about one thing real quick I want to talk about how unlucky we are that we don't get to play Portland at all this year because after they the the matches that we had with them last year and and the rivalry that we had going with them, to see them come in and lose their first 10 matches. Now they did finally get a win midweek uh, against Tacoma defiance. So whoop, de you do? Um, but Reno beat them seven to one on Saturday. Um, and I'm just, I'm just bummed that we don't get to rub it in their face that they suck now. Cause I did not like them at all last year. Now, granted, they don't have a lot of players that they had last year. Two of the players that I hated the most, uh, one of which um Eric Williamson who is the one that got a beer shower um, graciously from our our fans. Um, he's playing with Portland now with the with the, the top club and he actually scored on Saturday um, and looks to be playing really well so good for him I, I go away I don't care um, and then Langsdorf who was just this annoying guy that I couldn't stand last year he's actually playing for Reno. Uh, and scored two of the or one of the goals in Reno's seven to one win against Portland Timbers too. So um I would really like to be playing them some now. Um what's going on in have you guys paid attention to group B at all? Because Phoenix is right there at 23 points. Uh looks like they're gonna win that group. But then all of a sudden Orange County has just fallen off the rails and finds himself in a tie with Galaxy 2 and only two points ahead of Los or San Diego Loyal. Granted, they have a game in hand against San Diego Loyal. So we sat here and talked about Orange County and Phoenix Rising being the teams that will come out of there. And now I'm not so sure. So the the playoff picture has definitely become more muddled than we thought of last year, but um, or last week. Uh, but but for us, which is what matters, it does look like we are going to get that that playoff spot um, and hopefully win the group, like you said there. So. That's about all I got for next week. Um anything anything we missed guys? Anything y'all want to talk about?
0: Yeah, I just I, I just want to say, you know, don't don't you wish that you had, that we had the real schedule playing both uh Timbers 2 and Tacoma?
1: Real plays Timbers 2?
0: Yeah, Real played t- played Tacoma last week and they got Timbers 2 next week.
1: <laughs> That's insane.
0: Yeah. I mean, two of the worst clubs in in, in all of the USL Championship. And Real gets both of them on their schedule this year. Now, I mean, uh, they did also have San Diego, Loyal, and San Antonio.
2: If you look at three of the worst teams in the league, so,
1: so, so let's talk real quick. I I don't want to be—we uh, talked about this when Josh was on. You know, I'm very pess or very optimistic and stuff like that. But if you look at Monarch's schedule, it's not inconceivable that they could. They could get ahead of us or El Paso. The T2 match, um, granted, it is a midweek match where they went Friday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So that second Wednesday match is against T2. So it is their third match in nine nine days, um, but it's T2. Um, so th- that that should theoretically be three points. Seth, you have them beating El Paso. On the 19th, that's three points. They have Colorado Springs again, which they just played Wednesday and they beat them. And I think they probably are the better team right now out of Colorado Springs and them. So that could be three points. And then they play El Paso again on October 4th. So, you know, those matches against Real Monarchs, they are, are actually, when you look at the Monarchs' schedule and the fact that they have basically a gimme... And then we'll probably take at least one of those El Paso matches and then another gimme. Um, you know, we have to beat them. Like, there's no – we can't give up three points in either of those matches to them. Otherwise, they could surprise some people and make a run. I, I hadn't looked at their schedule, but looking at it now, you know, that that kind of worries me. Do you guys think – i am I being worried for no reason or, or is there something to that? So
2: I can't see them catching us. So if we come out with three points on on Saturday, I can't see them catching the first place spot. And if they do, okay, cool. I would not be sad or hurt at all to see them pass El Paso, right? And New Mexico and uh, Monarchs come out of Group C. I would not be offended by that at all. Um, looking at their schedule. I mean, they. I wouldn't give their Portland game an automatic three just because they do play New Mexico Saturday and then turn around and play Portland right away, which I do believe it's in Portland if I'm not mistaken.
1: No, it looked like it was in Real. Is it in Real? Let me double check, but I just had it up. Yeah, it's at Zion's Bank. Okay.
2: Yeah, that, though, I wouldn't give them the automatic three just because they're doing a quick turnaround. I mean, they play Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. So I wouldn't give them the quick three. I, I would almost assure them at least a draw. Um, but then they have rest until Saturday, and then a week Saturday off, pretty much a week off. So, yeah, I see them. They could probably pull within second place but i can't see them catching first
0: yeah things would have to go horribly wrong for us in order for that to happen uh now so looking at um looking at projected points real could potentially if they win out end on 28 points now that's assuming that you know they beat us twice they beat Uh, you know, whoever else on their schedule, you know, on all the way out. So I, yeah, I just, I don't see that happening. I don't see them winning, you know, six matches in a row here to end the season. Um, T2, obviously, I mean, that's more than likely going to be three points. I agree that, you know, that midweek is going to be tough, but yeah, it's, and with the way they played El Paso, I just, I just don't see them uh, catching us. Cause like I just take a, Addressed a collapse, we'd basically have to, you know, lose four of our final five matches Mm -hmm. for them to have a shot at first place. So, yeah. Well, so
1: you said you said they can they can top out at twenty eight, right? Yeah, twenty eight, and that's if if they beat us um, both times. So, assuming we lose those two, then you're looking at us playing Colorado Springs, RGV. El Paso, right? We would have to win those three in order to get to 29 points to stay ahead of them. Right. So those two matches against Real Monarchs realistically are way more important than I thought of uh, five minutes ago. If we're not going to, if we're, because if we don't come out and play good this weekend and they beat us, Then all of a sudden it takes them beating us one more time and us losing or dropping points to anybody else. And they theoretically could, could jump us. So um, it's all a moot point if we can just go out and take care of business this weekend, but it's something that uh, we, we need to look at for sure and make sure that we take care of business at least one time against them um, just to make sure that we don't have to worry about them doing something stupid like catching us. I am definitely on board with, with Earl's statement of they could pass El Paso and I would be perfectly happy with that. Hope that that can happen and, and, and we'll see from there, but who knows at this point, because it's 2020, anything could happen. You know, it's 2020, 2020 has proven that if nothing else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. can. Uh, I just have one more quick note. Uh, talking about the standings. Yeah. Well, uh, one last note. So looking ahead to this weekend, there are three clubs potentially facing elimination from playoff contention. Uh, RGV, Atlanta, and Miami could all be eliminated, uh, depending on results from around the league. Uh, I think they're all sitting at like one. Basically, if they, none of them win, their their chances are done. Uh, and Atlanta and Miami play each other. So,
1: Is Portland done? Uh
0: yeah, Portland is done.
1: Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. So yeah, the 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 standings are are just kinda for the most part the cream has separated themselves from the top or to the top, but um it it just depends on on how those top two or three spots in each group shake out there. Um I, I said it before, I'll say it again. Um Austin and FC or Austin and Tulsa are the two clubs that we personally need to be keeping an eye on um, because as it stands right now, that is who we would play uh, winning this division. You know, who one of those two teams is going to finish in second place in theirs and that is who we play. So, so again, keep an eye out for those matches and, and, and what goes on there and keep an eye on San Antonio as well. Uh, I like to scout them a little bit eh, just to see what we're going to be going up against just in case. And NFL Paso uh, does, haven't forbid overtake us, then we would have San Antonio in the first round. So, so those are the teams to kind of keep an eye on. Of course, we all want to watch Phoenix because we all want to see that everybody or Phoenix lose, um, which this year they haven't been perfect like we everybody thought they would be. So, so they're always a fun watch, and then you can keep an eye out for for Los Dos and Orange County to see who comes out of there. If you're interested in in teams other than what we would play. Um, but Earl, go ahead and give us your final thoughts. Uh, and then Seth, uh, if you got anything else to add, you can go and then we'll wrap this puppy up. So my final thoughts
2: is we're, we're going to win this next game and then we're going to go on and win the next game and do exactly what we did when we lost to Phoenix is win the next game after that. Um, I see us wrapping up the season unbeaten. I don't see us losing another... It's a pretty bold statement. I don't see us losing another match going forward. I mean, there's only five matches left. We went on a three-game winning streak. Could have been four, but El Paso does what El Paso does and pisses us off. Um, I don't know if that language is allowed on this place. But um, but I personally see us going 5-0 and for the rest of the season. Um, I would love to see... El Paso lose, go 0-5. us not have to deal with them anymore this season.
1: I will, I will agree with you with one stipulation of we play the rest of the matches either in Colorado Springs or here. Um, I think if we're having to go to RGV and go to El Paso and go to Salt Lake um, or Herman, Herman, what is it, Seth? Where do they play?
0: Harriman, Utah.
1: Harriman. Uh if we have to go to Harriman and go to El Paso and go to wherever RGV is, um, somewhere in Texas. Um down there by by Corpus. Uh all I can hear you say, I I hear you, Earl, I can see your lips moving, but I just hear hell. That's all I hear. Um so Our RGV
2: is down there like on the tip of freaking Texas, down where where God sends people to die.
1: Yeah, that's I. I hear you. It's just the only word that comes out of your mouth. I hear is hell. Like they they play in hell. That's all I hear. <laughs> um, but if we have to go to those places, I I don't I don't I see us losing once. I uh, just it, with with a Saturday Wednesday Saturday Wednesday finish those last four. Uh, that's too much travel. Um, if we're having to go to those places and we our legs. As we saw against El Paso, our legs just aren't quite there right now. So so I, if we play those in one spot and not all over the place, I will agree with you. I don't see us losing the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, the last five matches are going to be interesting. Um, ideally, United will be playing here in Albuquerque, although at, the way things are going, you know, Jacob, you and I have talked about it. I feel like if there's going to be a potential for us to play at a home, it'll be the, the last three matches, RGV, El Paso, Salt Lake. Now, even if we even if the club is allowed to play, will there be people in the stands? Most likely not. Will media be allowed? We don't know. Um, but yeah, I agree. If we can if we can play in one spot for any stretch of time during the last five matches, it significantly in, increases our chances um, of us clinching the clinching the group and moving on into the playoffs. Where I think. Uh, we could be dangerous. We could be really dangerous in the playoffs if we get there. Um, so, yeah, and I just, I, I do want to say, you know, if you are going to follow another group, look at Group D. Uh, that's going to be interesting to watch down the stretch. And Group E as well over the Eastern Conference. All four teams in Group E are still in play for the playoffs. So uh, keep an eye on that as well.
1: Yeah, that, that Group E is a fun group. You got uh, Lou City who's been there in the championship the last three years, you have Andy 11 who um, looked to be world beaters at the beginning of the season and have kind of fallen off a little bit. And then you have uh, the Swan song of uh, St. Louis over there. So, so that one is definitely a a fun one in the East. I I just, I can't get into watching Eastern conference soccer for USL right now. There's just other things on like Western conference or, you know, the premier league starts up. Uh, We didn't even talk about that, Seth. we got, we got to figure out a bet for Sunday.
0: Yeah, we do. Earl, uh, let me ask you. Do you have a prim- Premier League squad that you follow?
1: No. <laughs> no.
0: I'm
2: going to you a minute.
0: Hang on minute. Uh-oh. What's Earl got? Right
2: here.
1: Where did he go? Disappeared.
0: Oh, okay. I'm tra- okay. There you go. All right. So you're a, you're a Bundesliga guy then.
1: Yep. When does that start? It starts next week? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's next week. So, yeah, they, you know, there's just too much on, uh, for for me to watch Eastern Conference USL soccer right now. Um, but I, I I do enjoy enjoy the fact that that we've got an Eastern Conference over there, and and they've got several tough squads, and and I hope to play one of them, uh, coming up in October, November, whenever the championship is. I hope we're the team that's playing an Eastern Conference squad, and I can actually finally care about watching an Eastern Conference team play.
0: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that that's going to happen for uh, for any of us. You know, I'm sure I'm sure we'll watch a little bit, you know, as the playoffs unfold. But outside of that, it, it's really hard to to find enough time to watch everything that we really need to. So uh, before we get out of here, Jacob, I do want to Earl. Thank you so much for joining the show. I know it's really late for you. Uh, we've been, like I said, we've been waiting, to, hoping to do this for a long time, get you on the show, and uh, we appreciate you being here. And uh, we definitely want to have you back on the show. So anytime that you're open and available, uh, we'd love to have you back.
1: Appreciate the invite. For those of you listening, Earl isn't on like the East coast where it's like two o'clock in the morning. Earl is in New Mexico. It is 1120 PM, just like it is for me and Seth, but Earl is an old soul uh, that goes to bed at seven 30 every night. So this is way past his bedtime. So, so I want to mimic Seth there. He is a, uh, I I'm so glad to finally have you on. We, we've talked about it all year. Um, finally getting you on is, is, has been great. I uh, appreciate you coming on, uh, chatting with us, giving your insight and, um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing over there on the Facebook page and behind the scenes and with everything going on and, and, uh, we'll be working, working more this off season to, to make some news, uh, something even bigger and better than it was last year.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I did. Tell you guys, I'd say about 30 minutes, and looking at this clock, um, it has been yeah. an hour and 47 of those. So, that 30 minutes turned into another 30, and it turned into another 30, and I, if that's the rate it's going, it's going to turn to another 30.
1: Well, when you get to talking about United Soccer, man, we're all so passionate about it, time just flies by.
2: And it actually did, because this is actually the first time I looked at the clock. And thank you for reminding me that it's 11.22. 23 it just oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for reminding me of how old I am and how much I'll feel it in the morning. Um, you're younger than both of us. Yeah, but when you're as old as I am.
1: <laughs>
2: no, it was fine. All right, I'm Earl. not going to lie. A lot of fun. I will Good. definitely be back. You guys haven't scared me off.
1: Good. Good. Good.
2: Maybe I can convince you guys not to so late to where the East Coast is waking up. and.
1: You know, I, I, I think about it all the time, but when you have kids, um, this is really the only time we get where it's quiet in my house. So um, if there's a time when I don't have the kids on me and and Seth can get away, then maybe we could try to do it earlier. Uh, we've also talked about recording something, uh, with you separately from when we actually do the Twitch stream and then just plugging it into the, to the actual podcast. So, so we'll figure something like that out, um, next time, just so you don't have to to get the little bags under your eyes and, and go to work grumpy the next morning. So we'll, we'll figure something coffee.
2: out. For you. There'll be a lot of
1: coffee. <laughs> uh, all right, Earl, I think, uh, I think if you want to take off, uh, Seth, you want to talk about premier league at all, uh, after all goes, or, or you want to wrap it up completely?
0: Uh, I say we, we can go ahead and wrap it up. We can do uh, do some prem right. talk next week, but, uh, I will say my, my one prediction for the premier league this weekend, Everton three, one over Tottenham.
1: Okay. All right. We'll see. we'll, 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 we'll come <laughs> up with something to, to put on that because, because, uh, while you guys are improved, um, we'll see. I, I, I don't know, but anyways, guys. Uh, so, everybody, thanks for for listening to us tonight and joining us and and uh, watching our pretty faces over on Twitch. Um, and we hope to keep you guys coming back and and get involved there. And, and uh, it, as Seth said earlier, you can reach out to us. You know, we've got um, Earl running the Facebook page over there, Somosinos News. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I run the Somosinos News Twitter. Uh, we've got the SunCast uh, twi- Twitter going on there. Um, you can find Seth on his personal Twitter. Uh, you can find me or Earl on our personal Facebook pages, as well as you can email me and Seth at Jacob at dadventures.com and dadventuresmedia.com and Seth at dadventuresmedia.com. So um, that'll do it for tonight. You know, we got Earl and Seth saying two or three to one this weekend and I'm more of a two, two draw guy, but you never know. Hopefully I'm wrong for once. And, um, Remember, it's an early kickoff, noon, uh, so that might throw somebody off, so don't forget that. Uh, don't don't chime in at 6 o'clock expecting to watch soccer um, and having it be over for a few hours already. So uh, watch the game. Uh, get tickets to go to next week's game so that we can pack that place as much as we can so that we can make some noise for our, our beloved players over there. And uh, until next time, guys, it's almost news.
0: the official podcast of Sonos Unidos News. All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Lunas, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Bidoff and Jacob Terrell, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff2 on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using Cleanfeed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.